0: Welcome to the Harvest Sound Podcast, where music and mission, truth and prophecy, creativity and compassion merge as one. Okay, why didn't Noah ever go fishing? Because he only had two worms. Uh, I'm telling you guys. Uh, What kind of... Cell phone did Delilah use? What kind of cell phone did Delilah use? Samson. There we go. All right. What else we got here? Who was the smartest man in the Bible? Abraham. He knew a lot. A lot. Okay. What kind of person was Boaz before he got married? Ruthless. There we go. <laughs> he was ruthless. That's good. Y'all pretty sharp. What else we got here? Somebody stop me. Uh, oh, my wife will stop me real quick. Okay. Um, but let's go back. One more for for Noah. How about that? Um, what animal could Noah not trust? It's easy. A cheetah. Uh, 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 uh. All right, you want, you want one more? One more for the road, how about that? My wife says no, everyone else says? All right, sorry honey. <laughs> Who was the straightest man in the Bible? Joseph, Pharaoh made him a ruler. Some of you, some of you guys will get that at lunch, don't worry about it. All right, all right. We better pray again, I think. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you, Lord, for the extreme privilege of knowing Jesus and making him known. Lord, we just pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better this morning as we talk. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, let's start with uh, the, the text that we started last week. We'll read it again. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word because we're standing on the promises. Can we shut that um, those blinds there? That's why that screen is ricocheting. I figured it out. It comes from the mirror, from the there to the mirror to there. See? Ding, ding, ding. <clears throat> All right, there it is. Look at that. So, um, okay, so starting at... Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Apostle Paul writing this to the Philippians. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings and becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to obtain to the resurrection from the dead. And Let's st- stay, stay there for a moment. I think I, gotta, I think I sent a couple more scriptures to read. So let's read um, John eight twelve. 12. You got that one? Whoa, that's small. Has it been like that the whole time? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Seek and you shall find. <laughs> Y'all just listen. Don't worry about this. <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, boy. All right, John eight twelve. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, whoever, (laughs) sorry, I'm just, I'm having a good time up here. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Please be seated. Okay. So we'll get into this. As I, as I mentioned earlier, we talked about the beauty of knowing Jesus. Now we're going to talk about the brilliance. Now just starting with the word. Now this was actually a download I got out of a dream state coming out of waking up and the Lord just gave me these, these, these words about and all tied in with the benefits and the blessings of knowing Christ Jesus. And we talked about some serious stuff last week about it's it's imperative that we know him for even for our eternal existence. Remember Jesus said, Away from me, I never knew you, and and so we need to know this this man, this beautiful man. But also there's a brilliance that comes upon those who know him. So we're gonna talk about brilliance, the quality and the state of being brilliant. Speaking of brightness, it comes from a French word that means to shine. Um, it also the second definition of of brilliance means uh, great intelligence or talent, and then the next definition is splendor or even excellence. It can also mean striking or distinctive, or distinguished. How many people want to be some some of that? Get some of that on you. Well, that that comes from knowing Jesus because He is the most brilliant one. It says that. His face will, will shine with all the brilliance of the sun. And the sun is about as bright as we can imagine, we can fathom. But it says there'll be a day where there'll be no more need for the sun. That the Lord himself will be our light. Isn't that awesome? And so, brilliant. So, we're, we're called in the scripture, those who have faith in Jesus. We got anyone who has faith in Jesus up in here this morning? We're called the sons of the light. Sons of the light. And so we're going to talk about light, but even b- before we go there, I'm going to talk a little bit about brilliance, um, the the state of being, having great intelligence. Um, I believe the Lord wants his people to to have his mind, the mind of Christ. How many people know that that is a profound thing, and we can go there by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit reminds us of Jesus, his words, and and can give us thoughts and imaginations and inventions and uh, creativity that's out of this world, and that's part of our inheritance. But first and foremost, the smartest thing you, uh, uh, I believe a human can do, the smartest thing you can do is know Jesus uh, to, and, and to make him known because that's part of our mission. Once you know him, is we're to extend uh, that relationship to others, to witness of his brilliance to others. And the Bible tells us, Psalms 14.1, you p- might be familiar with this, says, the fool says in his heart, there it is, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And if you study the Bible, there's a lot about fools, about being f- foolish, about being a fool. But this is probably, I think, the greatest f- and, and most foolish thing a human can do in, in um, the audacity of, of a created one saying, "There's no creator." I mean, a fool says that, and it says that they are corrupt; their deeds are vile. There's and there's no one who does good. So it starts with denying God, with saying, "I don't have a maker. I don't have an, an eternal Father." And it uh, also fool in the Bible prim- primarily can mean morally deficient, uh, but it also can mean ignorant. Or even stupid. We make how many people have ever made stupid choices before? And you look back and you go, "Dang, man, I don't, I don't want to do that again." Just banging my head against the wall, or causing sorrow or uh, destruction on your own life or in the lives of others. And and so we all can play the fool. We all can be morally deficient. But praise be to God for the Bible, that the, the moral code that God has given us. Many people are trying to throw it away or rewrite it or change it. I believe if you're in this house, we're believing the Word of God is an inspired Word of God and that it is true and that God is well able and capable to get us a message even through flawed mankind. I said that over and over. If you can't believe God can get that done to get us an accurate message, then I don't know what kind of God you're believing in in the first place. So we have a moral code and we have a light to our path. Amen? It's called the Word of God. And it says that those who who, uh, who deny God, who deny His ways, His standards. They're ultimately, in Romans chapter 1, those who do not give glory to God, God gives them over to a depraved mind. And I believe we're in a time where we see this moral decline. We see a lot of uh, depravity in our society right now because people are throwing off restraint and, and the, the moral code that God has given us and that. Just the very essence of the Ten Commandments is what helps give stability to a culture and to nations. And we've seen the blessing of those who have, who have made the Lord their God and have stood upon His Word and the Ten Commandments, just starting with that. But there's more that God takes us into, the life of the Spirit, the prophetic life. And God wants all His people to shine brilliantly. And so, But we see that our minds can be hijacked by the devil himself. He can blind the minds of unbelievers. And they, they're given over to do unnatural things. Bizarre rebellion gets worse and worse. It says at the end of the time, things will get worse and worse. The darkness will get darker. But I got good news for you up in here this morning. The light will get brighter, and that's where you come in. Amen. There'll be a pure <laughs> thank you. There'll be a pure and spotless bride that will shine brilliantly at the end of the age. And so God has redeemed you to be brilliant for him, to reflect his majesty, his splendor, his genius, and his goodness in this broken world. And I believe that the root issue of our nation is not so much everyone's, you know, uh, concerned about politics. Hey, we do need to be concerned. We need to be aware. We need to do our part. Uh, Elections are right around the corner. And hopefully everyone will be a voice and use the rights that God's given you. You can speak into the situation. But I believe the root issue is the lack of light coming from those who are called the sons of light. The root issue of our nation, is it starts with the house of God. It's the church not being brilliant. Having a, a flickering flame, a diminished flame, almost snuffed out, maybe snuffed out. And I believe we're in a time where God wants to breathe on us. We were around the fire when we dedicated the prayer cabins up at Eagle's Landing, and Ricky Skaggs was there, and he, he said, "Can I, tell, I want to tell a story. A good old Kentucky boy sitting around the fire, you know, the stories start coming out. And he was, he, he was talking about how his dad <clears throat> had shown him when they were, he was a young man how uh, there was a fire, and it looked like it had gone out. It was, it was pretty much just dead and just a little smoke coming out of it. And and his dad said, No, son, that's that's not dead. That's still alive. And then and then and he says how his dad got down on, on his knees, kind of like Seth, Seth did. He got right in there and just started whoosh, whoosh, on those coals, and those embers began to glow. And next thing you know, that fire came back. How many people know you just need a little breath from Father God, oxygen of heaven, and that fire can come right back into a into inferno for Jesus. So many people have been resuscitated by God himself where you got the wind knocked out of you, maybe because of our our own decisions, the fall, the sin that we fall into, but we get the wind knocked out of us, and we need to just come running back to Father God. He will surely breathe upon us again and again and again and resuscitate us and bring that flame back to the full brilliance that you're created for. Woo, come on, someone. And so... um, but we're to have the mind of Christ. And, and through the Holy Spirit, he teaches us. Uh, he teaches us to do things we never even thought of before. Has anyone experienced that before? Things that you, you uh, have you lived long enough for that? Uh, you know, where, where all of a sudden you're following Jesus and all of a sudden you're doing things. You're like, man, I never even thought of doing this. I didn't even know I could do this. I didn't even imagine this. And then next thing you know, you're doing things because the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He teaches us how. He takes us places we never even thought we'd go. Some things are implanted in us when we're children. we got a foreshadowing. You go, somehow I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be changing the world in this way and put my hand to this kind of plow. And some of that is true, and it pans out over our life, over our journey. But there's some things that are just straight-up surprises. And you're just like, wow, how did I get here? I never thought, I never even pictured I could do it. I'll tell you a lot of things in my life. I mean, I was one track mind. I mean, I, I love Jesus and I grew up in a great Christian family, but I was, I was music. I was like, I'm going to, I was back in the day where it was hard to even get in. You had to, a monopoly of big old companies that either gave you a thumbs up, thumbs down. And if you couldn't grab a little laptop and make your own music, there was no such thing. So you had to get in. So I was like, man, I'm like on the Olympics for music. I'm training, I'm fighting for this thing. And, and by God's grace, He opened the doors. But I'm telling you, he had a lot more in store for me, and he has a lot more in store for you than what you're bargaining for or what you're preparing for. He's got surprises. All of a sudden, he starts speaking to me. I'm like, I'm happy to hide behind the symbols back there. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I need someone to speak up for me. I need someone to share the vision. When we started stepping into this, this work here, I'm like, no, no, Lord, you got the wrong guy. I'm not sure. You know. And, and, and all of a sudden, he starts saying, I need you to lead. I need you to speak. I need you to prophesy. I need you to write a book. I'm like, what? I write songs. You got, I don't, what's a book? What's a prophetic vision? I mean, God began to train us and teach us. The main thing I had to do is let go of my own expectations, which were really my own limitations. You all getting that? Your expectations, I'm telling you, are limitations compared to what God has for you. And you might think, but I got big dreams. No, God's got bigger dreams. All we got to do is follow him, and he'll take you into them. So we have the mind of Christ. And um, Daniel, it said, it said of Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, it says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned him, he was found 10 times better than all the mag- magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. In every matter, he was 10 times better. That was Old Testament, guys. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the helper. We have, the <laughs> we have a prophetic spirit of Jesus living within us to testify, to remind us of what he said, to give us brilliance that we know not of, but is dwelling within us, waiting to be unpacked for the world to see. You know, Jesus said, John chapter 9, verse 5 said, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And you think of the light that Jesus was, that time was split in half, A.D. one man, a carpenter, a carpenter, a common man, not from a royal family that we could, that we could see. And, and, and he, he never wrote a book. He never, he wasn't a politician. He, he wasn't a general. He didn't lead a war. He, I mean, the thing, what did he do? He was God on earth. And he walked around. He did good, and he healed people, and he spoke truth. And the world has never recovered of this man who walked uh, 2,000 years ago. How many people are glad you've never recovered from this man? (laughs) I'm telling you, he is the light of the world. And as we read earlier, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. You want to get out of darkness? Follow Jesus. You will have the light of life. Remember, it all started with, if you go back to Genesis, it all started with what? I mean, the, in the beginning, God created, but the word, the, it says uh, that the, the world was formless and void. Just, there just wasn't much to it, it was just kind of chaotic. Holy Spirit's hovering over it. And, and it says, then he says, Let there be light. Let there be light. I'm telling you, your life starts with the light of Jesus when, when God says, let there be light, or, and, and you agree with him. You say, Lord, I want Jesus. I want this salvation. I want to walk in the light and no longer in the darkness. And then Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, watch this, guys. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give praise to your Father who is in heaven. So you're made to be seen. A lot of people talk about that identity. I'm fully known and fully seen. No, it is true. God wants you to be seen, but he wants the light of Jesus to be seen through you. It's not about your own self just for your own self. It's like you're a vessel of mercy. You're a a beacon of light. You're a force to be reckoned with. That's what God wants to shine through you. Look at it this way for a moment. Uh, Jesus, he's like the sun, but in this case, he is, of course, we know he's the son of God, but the S-U-N, the sun, the brilliance of the sun. And then let's say in this analogy, we're like the moon. So we don't really have a light of our own outside of Jesus, but we can surely, like the moon, reflect the sun. Amen? And I, I believe it's very, very similar of how it works of course, we got it from the inside out as well. We got the, 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 Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us. But we reflect the image of Jesus. We reflect the character and the nature of Jesus to, to the world. Here we are on planet Earth. We're looking up at the moon, and that light's coming from the sun. So the church is to be that reflection of Jesus to the world. Now, the only time the moon can go dark is what? It's called an eclipse. And that's when the world gets in between the sun and the moon. Y'all getting this? That just dropped on someone. You ever had that time where the, the, the world cuts in on you and the brilliance of Jesus? You're, all, you're burning for Jesus. You're excited for Jesus. You're witnessing. And then all of a sudden, the world kind of creeps in. There's lots of ways that world creeps. But it gets in there, and all of a sudden, you, like the lights went out. Like the world got in between you and God. And we need to defend that relationship with Jesus more than anything else, and stay united with Him. Amen. Amen. No eclipses in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, "No eclipses." No. Keep burning. Keep shining. All right, Revelations chapter one, verse sixteen. It says, "His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance." I love that because it says his. This is an image of Jesus as he comes, with with his mouth. Out of his mouth comes a a sharp, double-edged sword, and his faith. His face is like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. And then the scripture says, "May his face shine upon you." He wants to get that the brilliance of his countenance upon you, so that you can shine because. The amazing thing with the scripture that we read where Jesus declares, I am the light of the world, is there, there comes a time where he's getting ready to, to depart and he looks at his disciples. We got any disciples up in here? Well, he looks to you and he says, now you are the light of the world. You carry the torch, you carry the flame. And, and w- without the church being brilliant, the darkness encroaches upon us. And we can see that in our culture, in the nations. But I believe there's an awakening that the flickering flame, the oxygen of God is getting ready to blow upon believers again. Woo, come on, someone. But he wants us to shine, first and foremost, from the inside out. Your inner life is to be brilliant. It's that, that secret place, that place that only you and God know about. God knows your inner, inner life. He knows the secret you. The Bible tells us in Samuel chapter 16 verse 7, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so there's no escaping the knowledge of God. He knows us inside and out. We can run, we can hide, we can try all that stuff, but it doesn't work. The Lord, he knows us intimately, and he wants to know us intimately. And he wants us to be connected so that flame can burn bright. And 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. Let light, God said this, he said, Let light shine out of darkness and made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. How many people are thankful that he's made us part of his family of light? He's made us a brilliant force, a brilliant people. And he says, unless your righteousness, speaking of that light, you know, that people see because he says, let your light shine before men, that they see the good deeds, they see the righteous acts. Jesus said this, this, there's a warning that because there's a lot of religious people acting like they're all that, really experts at cleaning up the outside as the Pharisees were. And Jesus says this about them. He said, because their internal life stunk. It was full of greed and self-indulgence, and Jesus could see right through it. A lot of the people were probably deceived. They actually didn't know the difference, so Jesus came along, and all of a sudden, like, who is this who speaks with authority, not like the teachers of the law, the guys we're listening to? Man, this is a difference. But Jesus said this about them. He said, for I tell you, unless your righteousness, we could say here your light, your brilliance, surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's like Jesus drew a line. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a big warning. He gives you all kinds of a list of woes of the, the yeast of the Pharisees. He gives a whole list, detailed list of that. I'm not going to get into that right this morning. But you should look at that. Because he basically is saying, this doesn't work for me. I'm drawing a line. If you're in this category, if you're doing what they do, you're acting like them, you're of their... Of their nature, who he ultimately said they were sons of the devil, even though they're all dressed up in religion. He said, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, God's not looking for a religious show. He's looking for authenticity. He's looking for relationship. Remember, he says, don't you love that God says, here's basically all of it summed up. All the laws, all the prophets summed up in one, two sentences. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And this sums it all up. This is basically you take the whole wisdom and the counsel of scripture and say, this is, what God's saying, this is really all I'm trying to get to you guys. I want a, I want a love relationship with you. I want an authentic relationship with you. And so we see how someone like John the Baptist, New Testament prophet, also cousin of Jesus. It says of him in John chapter 5, verse 35, he was a burning, shining lamp. He was brilliant in his generation. It says, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light and I believe that God wants a burning, shining generation to arise here at the end of the age when, when, when the devil's trying to challenge everything and anything that has to do with God's moral code. I believe there's a people that are gonna arise unashamed, uh, unafraid, watch this, to be offensive. We've, you know, we're in a time where the only people that are left in the closet is the church. Everyone else has already come out. Have you noticed what, what are we doing hiding in the closet? Like, oh, that's my prayer closet. Well, that's good. Do your prayers and then get on out here and fight the good fight. <laughs> be a light of the world. That you, you have to be displayed, you know. On a, if we don't, we lose our candlestick. We, we, we lose our standing before God. We lose our standing before men. We're good for nothing. He said to be thrown out and trampled by men. If the salt loses, it's saltiness. So we're in a time where we have to, you know, the, if we're the light of the world, the light dispels the darkness. That's what the light does. That's what the light does best. I remember one time we went to the Mammoth Caves. You ever been there? The Mammoth Caves, they, they say they're so profound. They're so just up there a couple hours in Kentucky that if you, if you um, extended them, they're all winding around and like, like cottage cheese down there. But, but if, you, if you extended it right out, it says it would go all the way to Chicago. Okay, so this is a serious cave. Well, I realized how serious it was when they turned the lights out. We went down into them. We all had these little headlamps and stuff. And then finally the, the tour guide said, okay, everybody turn your light out. Won't well, that be fun? I was like, and everyone, it's, it's like utter blackness, like nothing, nothing. Salamanders don't even have eyes down there because there's no need, There's no point. Creatures have no eyes because it's utter blackness. That's what the world becomes if the, if the church isn't the light. If we're, if we're ashamed of Jesus and of his words. And so we have to be willing to, to take a stand. We have to be willing to be persecuted. We have to be willing to suffer. Yeah, I just said that, didn't I? Like, oops, honey, I just shrunk the church. No, I didn't, because I believe people <laughs> I believe people are more hungry for the truth than they are any, any uh, yeah. compromised religion. Yeah. And so... It was a, a, an amazing thing. We got to go one of the, to a, a rally on Friday night at 4 p.m. right at the state capitol here. Uh, one of the first of its kind in America. I pray it be the first of many. pray it be like a domino of awakening. But we went to, it's called End Mutilation of Our Children, the transgender uh, agenda. And, and it was right here at the state capitol. And some of us got to go there and, and take a stand. And it was remarkable. It was amazing. To feel just the frontline front line vigor uh, of man, we're alive and we're a light and we're shining in the darkness. And I'm telling you, there was darkness and it was raging demonic darkness. People were just like, like uh, I don't know if they were. You know, some people say, well, they're they're all wearing masks and they're paid off, and they could have been paid off. People pay people to make a ruckus in the middle middle of something, but they were screaming at the top of their lungs and horns and everything, and, ah! and all that's going on while this rally's going. And I'm like going, praise be to God, we get to be a light. We get to take a, chance. We get to take a stand to save our children from this demonic agenda. Yes. The end of the mutilation of children. And I believe that we're going to see an awakening in, in, in Tennessee. We're going to see a stand. While other, other states are just caving and writing the laws saying, hey, if you even say anything. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a, there's, a, there's a beachhead, there's a beacon of light, that God and, but God needs all of his warriors whole. He needs all of his people brilliant, shining, not putting their light under a bowl, like, well, I'm not sure I want to, you know, I'm saying we can still be wise, but at the same time, there comes a time, there's certain things where the devil tries to cross a line. I mean, if we're not willing to defend the most vulnerable of our society, the children, then what are we here for? I mean, if you're not willing to take a stand for that, well, I might lose some friends on social media. I'm telling you, you're going to lose a lot more than friends on social media if we don't take a stand and take it soon and take it now. Are you awake? The light makes everything visible. I mean, it was amazing. I had such compassion. Stephanie was saying that, too, for the people that were there that were just raging. Just, you know, and I was just like, on the way out, there was, there was three of them that had no voice left. They were screaming so loud. They were just like, they are finally walking, and we got to walk by them as they were walking out, and, and I just said, hey, God loves you guys. And one, one lady just looked at me like, what? After all that, we were just, you know, cussing, and, you know, and, and another guy, he said something else, but, but we just got to, we just, <laughs> unrepeatable in church. Um. But we gotta we gotta go there, guys. We gotta enjoy. How many people enjoy adventure? We watch movies about it all the time, but we're not willing to to, to step in, to be the ones. So, Lord, we just pray you'd awaken us with a courageous heart to be the light in the darkness and and deep and even gross darkness of our times, Lord. We're called to be the head and not the tail. Called to be the head and not the tail. Called to be the head and not the tail. Ephesians. Uh 5 14 says, for it is for light makes everything visible. It says, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You might think, Well, I think I've made it might have slept through most of my life. That's okay. Wake up. Christ is right there, ready to shine on you. Your best days are today. And 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 as soon as you turn the lights on, it's their best days, I'm telling you. There's nothing like it. it, it and, and and notice again that connection between in the same way, let your light shine before men. It's actually, it's out there. People can see it. That they may see your good deeds. Watch the connection between light and shining, brilliance and actual good deeds. It's not just words, it's actions. Actions cost us a little more. Talk is cheap. Let's not love with words or deeds, but with action and truth. Good deeds. Someone say good good deeds. So we need to devise goodness. You say, Lord, how can I be a force of goodness in this world? How can I be a force of kindness? How can I represent Jesus? And I'll tell you what. We need to get better and better at it because the Bible says, Proverbs 4, verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn. That's the beginning of your path. You get saved. You say the sinner's prayer, whatever it looked like for you. You, you believe on Jesus, your Lord, and your Savior, and you invite him in, and you're in a place of repentance. You plead the blood of Jesus. So you become a new creation in Christ. But that's the very beginning of your journey. That's the first glimpse of the dawn. That's, and then it says, but the path of the righteous, where was it? <laughs> Uh, it's like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So let me put it to you this way. If you've known Jesus 10 years, you should be more brilliant than when you first started. A lot of people have that little crescendo in the beginning, a little honeymoon. And then they realize not everyone's going to celebrate like you do. And then they kind of go back into their hole, back into their shell. Like, oh, I don't, I don't. You know, don't want to offend anyone. I just want friends. I just want to be accepted. Well, that means your identity isn't secure in Jesus if you're still under that spirit. God wants to break off the fear of man. I'm not saying he wants to make you belligerent. I believe uh, believers should be the the, the most profoundly kind and and patient and loving people on the planet, but also still carrying a sword of truth. And some people just don't like swords, okay? They don't like truth. And they're always going to fight it, no matter how kind you are. And this is the days we're in. This is the battle we're in. But that that brilliance should get brighter to the full brilliance of the the sunlight. It can't get any brighter than that. That's the path of a believer. You should be maxing out as you get older with brilliance and the light of Jesus. And so Proverbs 13 verse 9 says, The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. So there's our choices. There's two paths. There's the light of the righteous which shines brightly, brilliantly, or there's the lamp of the wicked which is ultimately snuffed out. Don't be on that side. That's a losing team. Yeah. Psalms 46. Many are saying, "Who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord." And I love this one too. It says Psalms 112, we did this at the Thursday morning uh, Bible Connect group with the men. Uh, Read, let us in Psalms 112, one of my favorite psalms, And it says this, even in the darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Even in the darkness. You might be going through some darkness right now. You might be going through some depression, some disappointment, whatever it might be. And the Lord says, I got an inheritance for you. Even in that place my light is right there ready to shine for you, ready to bring you out and bring you into a beautiful place. Y'all getting this? I'm going to read you my my William A. McLeod, his favorite Bible verse. That's my grandfather from Nova Scotia, Canada. He was known as the Candy Man. For the whole island of Cape Breton, he sold candy and chips and pop we call it pop up there and all all that good stuff you know when I was a kid it was like going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory I mean you'd go there and he's like he took in this warehouse of every bit of uh, candy you can imagine and he's like what's your favorite candy bar I was like oh I like this he gives you a box of 30 of them you're you're like a little kid going (laughs) they were gone in a week (laughs) no not really I tried to Spread them out over the summer a little bit, (laughs) two weeks maybe. Uh, So, but here's his favorite. He was also known as Bible Bill. He was a businessman most of his life. At one point, he finally packed it all in. He had this big company, gave it to his son, moved on, and just joined full-time ministry at one point. He didn't retire. He went full-time into ministry, and he didn't receive the Lord till he was in his 30s. But when he did, someone say, when he did. He was on fire, and, and he, he was called Bible Bill because he had, he had his, his trunk, the back of his trunk was always filled with Bibles. And everyone he was talking to, doing business transactions, he, he said, now for the most important business, the Father's business, let me tell you about Jesus. And do you know Jesus? Do you know where you're going if you were to die today? And he would just, he would just bring the gospel. And he said this was his, this was his motivating scripture. You ready? Daniel 12, 13, or verse 3. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So if you're wise, you will shine. If you're wise, you will shine like the brilliance of the heavens. <laughs> and you will lead many, and those who lead many to righteousness will, or will be like the stars forever and ever. Talk about the reward of the Lord. God's saying to his sons of the light, he said, You can be a son of the light, that's good. Washed in the blood, part of the family. That's But there's an inheritance. The Lord said, I can make you like a star that will shine forever. That kind of, a star, brilliance. He's saying like the heavens, the brilliance of the heavens. Are you kidding me? We don't understand how God rewards obedience when we're on mission for the Lord. And we're not just doing our own thing down here. So those who are wise will shine. And and, and one last scripture, and then we're just going to pray. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15 says, Um, he wants us, he says, I'm just kind of cutting in on the sentence here. It says, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and a depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe. There it is again, Old Testament, New Testament. Do you think God wants you to shine? But I'm telling you, your brilliance in this light will directly affect the brilliance in the eternal realm for all of eternity for all time. If we're diminished in this life, we'll be diminished in that life. If you want to be sitting pretty in heaven, I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about passion, fire for Jesus. Saying, Lord, I just want to, I want to blaze for you. I want to, I want want to, I want to shine for you. I want to rise and shine for my light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon me. If that's not a passion of your life, I think you're missing some of the gospel because if we don't, care about the darkness and those who are in darkness around us, then we, we've not maybe really got a hold of this great mercy that we've received. We, we, we don't really understand it. If we're just kind of like, I'm good now, I'm good, I'm good. I'll just kind of live my life here and get cozy, and I got my fire insurance for heaven as well. I'm good. No, you're not so good. That's not good. The brilliance of the light needs to be crescendoing on your life as you walk with him, as we walk with him. So we need to ask, Holy Spirit, what can I do? How can I shine? What is the path you have for me? Everyone has a different way of bringing forth the brilliance of Jesus, different gift set. Do you know your gift set? Do you know your calling? Are you willing to to not bury your talents? Remember, brilliance was part of uh, intelligence and also special talents. Using our talents, using what God has given us, Woo! Thank you, Jesus. The brilliance of knowing Jesus Christ. Huh. Thank you, Father. Let's pray. We can get the musicians. Uh, I'm third round. around. Oh, there we go. Awesome. I'm glad she wasn't shrunk. Like, I look back and it's like this little... Some of you, some of you guys remember what I'm saying. <laughs> Tiny musician. That's Sorry. thank you Jesus thank you Jesus let's pray, come on, let's go there Father, you are good you are kind, you are merciful it's the fool who says in his heart there's no God Lord, you've called us to be divinely intelligent and understand where we came from understand what you've offered us through Christ Jesus this great salvation through the blood of the Lamb I thank you, Lord, that we are called to have the mind of Christ. Lord, I believe that you want to make your sons and daughters in this generation ten times better than all that the world has to offer. The stories and movies and proclamations, inventions, songs, businesses, that have the brilliance of Jesus shining in them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. To reflect your majesty, your splendor to a dark and perverse world. Jesus, we are reminded that you said that we are the light of the world, Lord. Lord, let the church shine. Let us shine, God. Forgive us when we've put our light under a bowl or not use the stand that you've given us we're not willing to take a stand help us God wash us Lord breathe upon us Father breathe upon our embers may your face shine upon us Lord may your countenance shine upon us god thank you jesus Let's just take a moment and just repent of any darkness anything that you know that's in your life that's not of the lord that's not part of the path of the righteous that straight and narrow path anything that's eclipsing where the world has eclipsed the brilliance of the father's light shining directly upon you anything that's cut in on you when you're running a good race thank you jesus Thank you, Father. mighty God we love you Lord thank you Jesus just tell Jesus you want to shine for him you want to be brilliant for him and your generation if that's your heart cry if that's your sincere expression just tell him Just right now in the secret place. That you're tired of being hijacked by the world. Lord, would you make us streamline, Lord. We thank you for the pruning that comes in seasons of our life to cut away that which is not needed. Preparation and a promise for greater fruit. Greater fruit. The Father wants to bring forth that we bear much fruit and show ourselves to be your disciples. Thank you, Father. Just might have a, a couple words here. Sometimes the Lord. Will